Chapter Six of Bow Brocade by Baroness Emma Orksey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. A squire of high degree. The Challoners claimed direct descent from that Sor de Challoner who escorted Cor de Leon to the crusade against Saladin be that as it may there is no doubt that a de chalonier figures in the domesday book as owning considerable property in the neighbourhood of the peak that they had been very influential and wealthy people at one time there could be no doubt there was a room at old hartington manor where james i had slept for seven nights a gracious guest of mr ilbert challoner in the year sixteen twelve the baronetcy then conferred upon the family dates from that same year probably as an act of recognition to his host on the part of the royal guest since that memorable time however the challoners have not made history they took no part whatever in the great turmoil which in the middle of the seventeenth century shook the country to its very foundations lighting the lurid torch of civil war setting brother against brother friend against friend threatening a constitution and murdering a king the challoners had held aloof throughout all that time intent on preserving their property and in amassing wealth the later conflict between a catholic king and his protestant people touched them even less neither pretender could boast of a challoner for an adherent they remained people of substance even of importance in their own county but nothing more sir humphrey challoner was about this time not more than thirty-five years of age hale hardy boisterous he might have been described as a typical example of an english squire of those days but for a certain taint of parsimoniousness of greed and love of money in his constitution which had gained for him a not too enviable reputation in the midlands he was thought to be wealthy no doubt he was but at the cost of a good deal of harshness towards the tenants on his estates and he was famed throughout staffordshire for driving a harder bargain than any one else this countryside any traveller let alone one of such consequence as the squire of hardington was indeed rare in these out-of-the-way parts that were on the way to nowhere sir humphrey himself was but little known in the neighbourhood of aldwark and worksworth and only from time to time passed through the latter village on his way to derby john stitch the blacksmith however knew every one of consequence for a great many miles around and undoubtedly next to the earls of stretton the challoners were the most important family in the sister counties therefore when sir humphrey's coach stopped at the cross-roads and the squire himself alighted therefrom 
and walked towards the smith's cottage the latter came forward with all the deference due to a personage of such consequence and asked respectfully what he might do for his honour only repair this pistol for me master smith said sir humphrey you might also examine the lock of its fellow one needs them in these parts he laughed a not unpleasant boisterous laugh as he handed a pair of silver-mounted pistols to john stitch will your honour wait while i get them done asked john with some hesitation they won't take long nay i'll be down this way again to-morrow replied his honour i am putting up at aldwark for the night john said nothing probably he mistrusted the language which rose to his lips at this announcement of sir humphrey's plans in a moment he remembered lady patience's look of terror when the squire's coach first came into view on the crest of the distant hill and his faithful honest heart quivered with apprehension at the thought that a man whom she so obviously mistrusted was so close upon her track i suppose there is a decent inn in that godforsaken hole eh asked the squire jovially i've arranged to meet my man of business there that old scarecrow mitachip but i'd wished to spend the night there's only a small wayside inn your honour murmured john better than this abode of cutthroats this brassing moor anyway laughed his honour begad night overtook me some ten miles from hardington and i was attacked by a damned rascal who robbed me of fifty guineas my men were a pair of cowards and i was helpless inside my coach john tried to repress a smile the story of sir humphrey challoner's midnight adventure had culminated in fifty guineas being found in the poor-box at brassington court-house and mr inch the beadle had brought the news of it even as far as the cross-roads i must see squire west about this business muttered sir humphrey whilst john stood silent apparently intent on examining the pistols tis a scandal to the whole country this constant highway robbery on brassing moor the impudent rascal who attacked me was dressed like a prince and rode a horse worth eighty guineas at the least i suspect him to be the man they call beau brocade did your honour see him plainly asked john somewhat anxiously see him laughed sir humphrey does one ever see these rascals begad he had stopped my coach plundered me and galloped off ere i could shout damn you thrice just for one moment though one of my lanterns flashed upon the impudent thief he was masked of course but i tell thee honest friend he had on a coat the prince of wales might envy as for his horse twas a thoroughbred i'd have given eighty guineas to possess and every one knows your honour is clever at a bargain said john with a suspicion of malice humph grunted the squire by gad he added with his usual jovial laugh the rogue does not belie his name beau brocade 
forsooth faith he dresses like a lord and cuts your purse with an air of gallantry and he were doing you a favour it was difficult to tell what went on in sir humphrey challoner's mind behind that handsome somewhat florid face of his the task was in any case quite beyond the powers of honest john stitch though he would have given quite a good deal of his worldly wealth to know for certain whether his honour's journey across brassing moor and on to aldwark had anything to do with that of lady patience along the same road nothing the squire said however helped john towards making a guess in that direction just as sir humphrey having left the pistols in the smith's hands turned to go back to his coach he said quite casually whose was the coach that passed here about half an hour before mine the coach your honour ay when we reached the crest of the hill my man told me he could see a coach standing at the crossroads whose was it for one moment john hesitated the situation was just a little too delicate for the worthy smith to handle but he felt as sir humphrey was going to aldwark and therefore would surely meet lady patience that lying would be worse than useless and might even arouse unpleasant suspicions twas lady patience gascoigne's coach he said at last ah said the squire with the same obvious indifference whither did she go i was at work in my forge your honour and her ladyship did not stop i fancy she drove down worksworth way but i did not see or hear for i was very busy hum commented his honour whilst a shrewd and somewhat sarcastic smile played round the corners of his full lips i'll stay the night at aldwark he said nodding to the smith faith no more travelling after dark for me on this unhallowed moor and for sure my horses could not reach worksworth now before nightfall so have the pistols ready for me by seven o'clock to-morrow morning eh mine honest friend then he entered his carriage and slowly with many a creak and a groan the cumbersome vehicle turned down the road to aldwark whilst john stitch with a dubious anxious sigh went back into his forge End of chapter 6